Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, let's go. Another edition of the Super Talk Eagle Hour, and we're very glad you're with us this afternoon. Bob Getty, Kelly Santer, we're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Corps studio in Hattiesburg. Luke is out. But we're here, and we're glad you are, too. Opening segment of the show is sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, a great supporter of our program and a great supporter of Southern Miss Athletics, and a great place for you to have dinner tonight. The food is always fresh. It's always uh, well, well prepared, and we think you'll always enjoy your meals at Dickie's Barbecue. All right, uh, we're going to have uh, Scott Watkins from the Biloxi Sun-Herald on the show uh, here shortly to talk about where we are in the Sun Belt Conference uh, right now. We hear a lot from you guys, and uh, we appreciate that very much. One of the things you tell us is you like hearing from the athletes, so we do our best to uh, – Bring as many of those interviews as we can. My man Kelly Sander was at the practice this morning. Before we get to the first uh, practice interview, Kelly, your observation of the team uh, out on the practice field. Well, first of all, Bob, it was it could not have been a more beautiful morning. I mean, you know, temperatures were down a little bit, humidity was down, and regardless of what people might think, uh, there was there was no quit in this team this morning that I saw. I mean, they, they look upon it as, you know, a fresh start as far as uh, knowing that they're going into conference play 0-0, zero and zero, as is uh, Arkansas State. You got two teams that have played, you know, they've had two losses, but against really big, uh, you know, Power 5 teams. So you've got teams that really reflect each other, and uh, knowing how important that it is that they get ready to go to the Red Wolves place up in Jonesboro, it was, it was pretty high-spirited on competition Tuesday. All right, one group taking a little heat, whether fair or not, uh, is the offensive line. Kelly talked to one of the kids at the starting there, Kyron Barnes, an offensive tackle from Fayette, Mississippi, and here's how that interview went. All right, Kyron, first of all, uh, the offensive folks are getting a little bit nervous. You know, haven't been putting up a lot of points, but we've been playing really good teams. So to, to those folks, what make us feel better. Oh. Uh, you know, we played a really uh, good team these past couple of weeks, and um, we didn't execute like how we wanted to, but I still think we have the chance to be one of the best offensive talent in the conference. And we have a few setbacks and a few mistakes, but all that stuff is fixable. Take us take us to practice so far this week. What's what's the morale been like? Uh, the morale been like, let's do it. You know, we got we got everything we need. We got the quarterbacks. We got the talent on the front, up front. We have the guys in the backfield, we we have everything we need. So let's do it. Let's play to our expectation. We got to. 
Okay, the Red Wolves uh, come in here this week. They're kind of in the same boat that you're in. They've got a couple of losses, but they've played really good teams. What? Uh, how might they be problematic uh, Saturday up in uh, Jonesboro? Um, what? What's 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 the biggest problem they're going to present the Eels? I think the biggest problem they would just get is just they them having a uh, home field advantage. You know, us driving up there a long, long ways, but uh, we'll be ready to play when we get up there. Okay, what do you think about you? What was it about your skill set that that attracted the coaches to bring you here from Adams Christian? Um, I would say it's because I'm pretty aggressive. I was aggressive in the run game, and um, I had a high motor. I played both offense and defense, and I was able to do both. Which in high school, which did you prefer, playing offense or defense? Uh, I didn't know. I think kind of towards my senior year. I wanted to, I was leaning a little bit more to the defense side because I just like hitting people, but I like the offensive side too. I hear that all the time, guys. I like defense because I like, just because I like to hit people. It must be just uh, to get some of that aggression out. Yeah. Tell me about you as, as a human being. General studies now, but kinesiology maybe later on. You want to be a physical therapist. Tell us how you kind of arrived at that. Well, uh, I was talking to my parents and they was asking me what do I want to do, and um. It kind of went like I just wanted to stay in the field of sports. Like I enjoy sports, whether it's football, baseball, soccer, basketball. I just enjoy sports. And I always – I had injured myself my junior year in high school, and I had to go to physical therapy. And I went there. I met some people, and they were so nice and everything. It helped me get back right. So I kind of wanted to follow after them. When, when you talk about, when you talk about uh, pro coaches, the most successful pro coaches – in the NFL came from an offensive line background. They, they have always said that offensive linemen are the smartest people on the field. Uh, I'm sure you're going to agree with that. Why do you suppose that is? Why, why is? why is it generally assumed that the offensive linemen are the smartest guys on the field? Uh, just because we have a general, like a lot of things on our plate. Like, let's say center, you got to set the potential right for the quarterback sometimes and um, tell the guys from the left and right of you what to do and knows what defensive front they're in or where the pressure's coming from or what the type of block schemes we need to go to this place or that place. So, Are you a better run blocker, pass blocker, and why? I think I'm a better run blocker because I like getting after people. I like firing off the ball and getting into, into them. So, so I'm guessing a pass blocker, you have to wait for them to make contact with you. Yeah. You're so, backtracking, kind of. Yeah. Something like that. I mean, it just depends because with me playing tackle, I could show different things. I could be patient. I could rush it. It doesn't matter. Okay, this this uh, Arkansas State game Saturday night will set the tone for the rest of the season. You got the whole Golden Eagle Nation now. Listen to this. What would you tell them now if, if they're a little bit worried about this team? Um, be patient. We've been start conference play, and um, we've been show everyone that we're the best team in this conference. We wish you nothing but the best. Okay. All right, Kyron Barnes from Fayette, Mississippi, offensive tackle. I'm assuming a rather large young man. Yeah, I, I thought it was funny when he was talking about playing soccer and, and, <laughs> and baseball. Yeah, and basketball. Uh, if, if you'd feed it inside to Kyron, I, I don't think I would, you know, I don't think I'd challenge him <laughs> underneath. <laughs> well, I'm glad to see the spirit of the players is up. I'm a little surprised at the what I would describe overreaction by some fans, but you know, I, t- I tend to think, Kelly, that you you always hear the minority in, in every walk of life, it seems. And so my, my guess is that 
the people already incredibly calling for Coach Hall and we should have hired Deion Sanders and all, all that kind of stuff. I think they're a real minority of the fan base. You hear people too say, "Well, coach of certain school, you know, in year one, you know, succeeded at the school that he was at, and this other coach, he's only in his second year, and look at what he's doing." The thing that nobody knows in any of these scenarios is where were the starting points? Okay, right. you know, what were the cupboards? How how full of talent were the cupboards when those coaches took over? Right. That's the point you just don't know. The only thing that we know was how empty the cupboards were here, all right? And, and it's a grind, and, it, and it's tough. And, and people say, well, you know, we're building it the right way, and it's Mississippi kids. Well, we don't necessarily care about that. Well, okay, I, I get that. But uh, I guarantee you that if your team was winning and then there were some things happening off the field or some things that brought disgrace to the program – that is not something that, that you would want. And again, the goal is to win the conference, right? Uh, because you win the conference, then you're going to get a, you know, a chance to play for a, a title, which could then earn you a bowl game. And so it starts for real. And I respect Coach Hall when he said, look, all the games count. And I get that. But this is to you, – you begin winning the conference championship this weekend. Uh, and you start with Arkansas State, who's in the same boat, so we'll get to talk with Matt Stoltz tomorrow, who's the yeah. voice of the Red Wolves, and, and we'll get the perspective coming from, from Jonesboro. But this is kind of a – you know, you've got three seasons. You've got the preseason or pre-district, if you will, the conference season and the postseason. This now begins the second season. It's the chance for the Eagles to wipe the slate clean. And now new eyes, all right, take off those glasses, the preseason glasses, put the regular season glasses on, and let's see how it shakes out. Three down, nine to go. Let's uh, all keep our chin up. Uh, on a side note, uh, as we leave this segment, I- I've known about this for a few days, but it's it's made public now. It's on, it's on social media, so I don't, I'm not betraying anything, but uh, – I'm uh, going to ask everybody to pray and support Jordan Lee McNellis, our beloved basketball coach who has had a reoccurrence of the uh, cancer issue that she dealt with a couple of years ago. I know that she just came back from MD Anderson out in uh, Texas meeting with some doctors there and is uh, going to be receiving some additional treatment. I think her doctors are based out of Jackson. But uh, she's tough. She's courageous. She's got a big, big challenge in front of her, and I'm sure she would appreciate the an uplifting of prayers and support from everybody that, that that learns of this and certainly kelly you and i are very very have very very warm deep feelings about joy lee mcnellis and uh and we wish her nothing but the best well there, there's nobody tougher um that can can deal with something like this than joy from a spiritual standpoint and a physical standpoint and uh, we know that the golden eagle family will respond in in such a way yeah. we love you coach and uh you know we're looking forward to better days we'll be right back
Southern Miss to the top. Hey, you know, you hear the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast, and I met a gentleman uh, this weekend from down in Louisiana that told me Alexa plays the Super Talk Eagle Hour for him every night at about 7 o'clock, and he also was aware of the fact that Alexa does not respond to you, Kelly. He said you were the only man he had ever heard of that had all, that problem. All Alexa ever plays for me is my theme song, Mr. Lonely by Bobby Vinton. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear the Super Talk Eagle Hour, Bobby Vinton, <laughs> podcast on Apple, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or Alexa. I'm glad Luke isn't here because he'd be Googling right now. Who, <laughs> yeah. who, who's he talking about? Who's he <laughs> right. talking about? All right, Campus Bookmark sponsors this segment of the show, CampusBookmark.net. Miss Kathleen, we think she's about the best there is, and she has the – Latest Southern Miss apparel from wall to wall to wall to wall in her store. Make sure you do your swag shopping at Campus Bookmart on Hardy Street or on CampusBookmart.net. And one of the things we love about Miss Kathleen is she would not have to Google Bobby Vinton. Bobby Vinton, no, she'd know who Bobby Vinton is. Nor would she probably know how to Google. Right. <laughs> All right. Scott Watkins is the sports writer for the Sun Herald on the Coast. All right. First question, Scott: Who is Bobby Vinton? I don't know. <laughs> there we go. All right. We, we got go. that out of the way. All right. Scott Watkins, a sports writer for the Sun-Herald. All right, Scott, the natives are restless here in Hattiesburg, at least some of them. Kelly and I believe the restlessness is premature after only three games. Uh, you do this for a living. What do you say? I say it's certainly premature. I say sit back and, and enjoy the the smoke show on Saturday because it's, it's probably going to end up being like that. It's going to be a, a take out your frustrations kind of game. Um, I, I don't really, I don't think that we've seen anything that really shows any type of reason to uh, call this Will Hall era a failure and, and you know asking him to pass along play calling duties. They have they have ran into some seriously seriously good football teams to start this season. And when you when your first two FBS games are against New Year's Six favorites, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be hard, and it's not gonna look pretty. I I think that this is just one of those back to back games where you have learning moments, a lot of learning moments. And I think you kind of wait for to pass judgment to see what happens when Southern Miss takes those learning moments and applies them to games against teams with rosters that are within Southern Miss's ballpark at the moment, like Arkansas State and then like Texas State two weeks down the road. You made a great point off-air about South Alabama and all the uproar about South Alabama beating Oklahoma State. Repeat that. Yeah, I thought it was ironic, you know, on Saturday night seeing, seeing some fans, some Southern Miss fans who were pointing at South Alabama and saying, why couldn't that have been us tonight? Well, South Alabama got manhandled by Tulane. Uh, two weeks ago, uh, they lost by 17. Southern Miss lost by 18, and you know, lo and behold, the Jags are perfectly fine. So I, I would sit back and, and you know, reserve any and all judgment. Scott, it, when you look at the Sun Belt Conference, East, West, top to bottom, give me a couple of teams that have surprised you. Could be positive or negative, and and some teams. Well, let's just some teams that have surprised you positively. Some teams that have disappointed you. Uh, Georgia State's been kind of a surprise over in the East. That makes the East very, very good. Uh, they're they're loaded top to bottom. I think uh, they're three and other. One of the three undefeated teams in the league. I kind of honestly, I expected them to lose to UConn uh, week two, and they they demolished UConn. So I, they're they look good. Uh, Southern Miss fans, of course, know that offense pretty well. Georgia State on their best day is a very, very, very hard team to beat. Uh, negatively. Ah, 
I, I don't know. A lot of teams have, have looked about as I expected. Nobody's really worse than I thought. Uh, I, I, I'm a little disappointed Old Dominion, uh, and, and they blew that 17-0 lead to Wake Forest. Uh, Arkansas State is bad, but I expected them to be bad. Louisiana is not good, but I expect them to be not good. I don't think anybody's really surprised me so far in a negative way. What about, what about ULM? How, how good are the Warhawks going to be, and is that going to be as easy a win maybe as a lot of teams in the Sun Belt thought it was going to be when the schedules were first printed? I don't think you can ever look at Monroe as uh, an easy win uh, just because they, they are very weird, and they always have been, and then you throw you know, Bowden in the mix, and they just became so much weirder. And if you have to play in Monroe, there's something about that trip that isn't right. It's not going to sit well with the visiting teams. There's there's teams that go in there uh, that as double-digit favorites and, and lose. It doesn't make any sense. So I, it, it's a mystical factor with ULM, and I don't think there's any type of ULM roster that you can look at and say, yeah, we're going to win that game. So Troy, to me, is is kind of a question mark because are they as good as last year? I don't think so. Um, but are they dramatically worse than last year? I don't think so either. So when you look at the Southern Miss schedule, they play in Hattiesburg this year. It's Thanksgiving weekend, which is never a huge crowd in Hattiesburg, and it might have huge ramifications. As you look at the rest of the schedule, Scott Watkins, where do the wins and loss numbers total up for you now as you rework them? Uh, for, for Southern Miss or for Troy? For Southern Miss. Uh, I don't think they've really changed in, in my book that much uh, since before the season started. Uh, you know, I, I, I do think they, they beat Arkansas State. I think Old Dominion's a winnable game, very winnable game. Uh, ULM, of course, a winnable game. Uh, before the year began, I gave wins to, you know, Southern Miss against Texas State and, uh, and even Mississippi State and, and an upset at App State. Uh, but it's, it's, there are certain games that look tougher to me, like Texas State does look tougher to me, App State does look tougher to me. Uh, but I, I do think that Southern Miss can find wins against Troy. I do think that South Alabama is even a winnable game. Uh, it's going to be tough, especially when you start one and two with this kind of schedule, especially when you have the end of the schedule that, that uh, the Eagles have with road trips to Mobile and Boone and, and Lafayette and Starkville. The wins, they, every game left on the schedule is a winnable game. Wow. What that week is going to look like is going gonna, is gonna to determine that. I'm going to tell you, a team that continues to surprise me, Scott, is James Madison. I mean, you know, you just wouldn't have thought that they would come in the league and be as competitive as they apparently are. What is what is the deal with James Madison? How are they having so much success? Uh, well, it starts with the coaching staff. They're very well coached. Uh, and then the next thing is that they have worked the transfer portal incredibly well, which has kind of allowed them to bypass that that transition stage that a lot of teams have to go through, they are stacking that roster, uh, and, it, and it starts with finding a, an experienced quarterback like right off the bat, and they had that last year in Todd Santeo, and then they have it again this year with Jordan McLeod. They they make sure that the front seven and the line of scrimmage is really strong. They fill out every piece, and then it's just the coaching the rest of the way. They're very, very solid. Uh, we knew, I feel like I knew coming in that they weren't going to be like uh, uh, Texas State coming in and, and winning two or three games, or Georgia State coming in winning one game. This team was established. It was a program that was established. It was a program that had expectations of winning at the very highest level. I, don't, I think the fact that they just stuck to that and then pitched that brand as soon as they got to the Sun Belt has allowed them to compete at the top of the league. Kudos to them, man. They're 
They're good. Well, it sounds like to me, Scott, that you think the the Eagles go in a six-point favorite in Jonesboro, but it sounds like you think they're going to curb stomp the Red Wolves. It shouldn't be close. If it's close, then I would be concerned. It should not be close. Arkansas State is not a good football team. Uh, they have a lot of things to figure out at the quarterback position. They have a lot of things to figure out at the skill positions. Uh, they're not tremendously successful on the line of scrimmage. Uh, there's just a lot of issues that you'd like to see uh, if you're an Arkansas State fan, kind of ironed out quicker than they have been. Of course, they've kind of almost had a, a Southern Miss light type schedule where they face a team that could be in the playoffs and then a team that could be in the year 16, Oklahoma and Memphis. But they're just, they're really not good. If you watch those games, they're much worse than how the Southern Miss games played out. Um, they're just bad. I think that's the worst roster in the league. All right, just about a minute and a half left. That all begins, I think, at the quarterback slot. Three games in, your analysis of the performance of Billy Wiles. I like Billy so far. I, I really do. Um, you know, I'd like to see different guys used in different ways. I, I think that it's a little baffling to me that we kind of saw Ty Mims disappear against Tulane, uh, especially afterwards when, when Hall mentioned that Tulane had given them a lot of underneath. But they didn't go to Mims underneath, and I feel like that's he's the, the most dangerous weapon underneath there. Uh, but other than that, I, I think that Wiles has done a really good job. He had that throw, that 39-yard pass on the sideline. That was just a dime, I and mean, it was beautiful. And that's the kind of throw that Southern Miss has not seen made since 2020. So that's, that's something that I think is a step forward. I think that's something that you can build off of, and I think that's something that provides you with a little bit of, okay, what we need is there. We just have to you know, see it in action. Against the conference late. So, Bob, Scott Watkins says every game on the schedule for Southern Miss is winnable, including. I I mean, I I don't disagree. Including the Mississippi State game. I don't disagree. Just 30 seconds. Mississippi State is not the toughest thing left on the schedule. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's probably. Scott, real quick, 30 seconds left. Got to get a little more production out of Frank Gore Jr. He's been kind of invisible. He has been, and and, uh, the running lanes really haven't been there. Uh, so much either, uh, but that's that also goes back to the teams that they have faced. Tulane's front seven is ridiculous. I mean, they gave Ole Miss all kinds of fits uh, with their run game. You definitely want to see Frank get involved a lot more. I think, I think Dreek has done a really good job selling him. That's what they're looking forward to this week, is they think that they can actually get uh, a, smooth, a smoother running game for the first time this season. All right, good stuff as always, Scott. We really appreciate your input and like hearing that you don't think Mississippi State's all that great. We always enjoy that. All right, thanks, Scott. Scott Watkins, everybody. Biloxi's son, Harold. Did a good job covering Southern Miss sports. Ran out of time. I wonder who he thinks is better. App State, maybe? South Al? I don't don't know. Hmm. We'll see. We'll be right back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. All right, we're back on the road Thursday. going to be our first ever remote appearance at K-Rocks in Ellisville, Mississippi. Very popular, Kelly. Very popular restaurant with all the kids from Jones College and people in Ellisville. understand they make great fried chicken, shrimp, fried fish, 
So if I if I wear my Pearl River shirt, am I going to get shanked? I hope that you won't do that, Kelly. <laughs> Let's refrain from that. Okay? Yeah. Well, I mean, and yeah. of course, Thursday's junior college football night too, and I think the Bobcats return home for their home opener. Correct. On Thursday night, and we'll have Mike Frazier from uh, JucoWeekly.com yeah. on the show to give us a preview of all the big JUCO games on Thursday night. I'd hate to have a defensive tackle. From Jones stomp you outside of K-Rock for having on that Pearl River. You know what, Bob? So would I. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that'll be Thursday. We're looking, uh, we're really looking forward to that. All right, let's give a little love to volleyball. The ladies were at the Beale Street Classic over the weekend. They went two and one. They beat Memphis and they beat Little Rock before dropping uh, a match to uh, Arizona State, nationally ranked. They're five and six on the year, but. Arizona State was the fourth nationally ranked uh, team they've played. They had matches against Rice, Houston, and USC, uh, as well as Arizona State. They've played a tough pre-conference schedule. And you know, Arizona State—they were with Arizona State for for a lot of the, for a lot of that time. And right. Arizona State not only are they fourth in the country, they hadn't they haven't lost like a single set. I mean, they haven't right. lost They're a really match. Good. They're really good. Um, so Southern Miss did all right. Reagan Linen is a uh, volleyball player for the Golden Eagles. She's from Amarillo, Texas. Kelly recently talked to this young lady, and here's how that went. Reagan, how in the world do you get to Hattiesburg, Mississippi, from Amarillo, way up in the panhandle of Texas? So I wound up at Southern Mississippi um, by transferring from Houston Baptist University, where I played volleyball my first years of college. Now, you, but you come athletics, honestly. Your dad played football at Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, big, big sports family. Both my brothers played football, um, grew up playing like every sport there is. And just found up volleyball was like the love of my life. So, and and how when did you come to that conclusion? And was there anything in particular that happened that made that light bulb go off? Um, honestly, no. But in high school, I think my parents were like decide between tennis and volleyball. I chose volleyball, fell in love with it. My aunt played volleyball, and then I just grew to just love it. Honestly. Now, in Mississippi, volleyball is just now kind of growing legs. Uh, what about the state of Texas? I mean, how, how is it received at the high school level in oh, Texas? Oh, volleyball is huge. Yeah, um, competing in volleyball anywhere in Texas, you have, it's a hard time. I mean, especially my school is a 6A, so we're going up against huge teams, you know, first, second round of whenever district's over. And so you're really getting, getting to compete against a lot of really big girls and lots of talent. You play golf as well? Yes, I play golf on the side. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just a what, hobby. What, what is the toughest shot for you to hit in golf? Oh, gosh. Uh, I'm a really good putter, but I'm not, I don't have a really good short game. Okay, so my short game is not as good, but my long game is great. Okay, that's kind of, yeah. that's, that's yeah. kind of, kind of yeah. the same way I am. Do you get to play much, in it, or is this pretty much full-time? Um, in the fall, not much because of season, volleyball season. In the summer, I play all the time, like twice a week with my dad and my friends at home. We've got some good courses in Amarillo. Okay, now to to the lay person, I call them spikers, mm-hmm. killers, yes. whatever. But you're a front row hitter. Yes. All right. So it's all it's kind of the same thing, isn't it? Yes. I mean, anywhere you're hitting, I'm a middle blocker technically, but I also get some right side hitting and outside hitting. Okay, so this there's a lot of science to this. Oh, so much, so much. You know. So have you always been that position? Yes. Ever, ever since I started volleyball in fifth grade, I've been a middle blocker. Um, but then through the years of college, I have trained outside and right side. So now I kind of play all three. And I think that's one of the biggest things I know Jenny loves about me is I'm pretty versatile in the front row. So I just play wherever I get time on the court, you know. We've all heard the adage that iron sharpens iron. But my gosh, you guys have really been swimming in some deep water here. Mm-hmm. Has it affected a slow start, but you've played some really, really good teams. Has it affected the morale? Oh, no, not at all. We love the grind and we love facing those huge, like those big teams, you know, because... 
you don't get experience like that whenever you're playing smaller teams. I would rather play a big team and lose than play a smaller team and win. So you were at Houston Baptist, and you said, and I won't go, in, I won't go in, into it deeply, but you just said it, it, it wasn't a good fit for you. But any time you make a change, it's a gamble mm-hmm. to a degree. So what was it that made you pull the trigger on Southern Miss? So honestly, it was about six months of me trying to decide back and forth if I wanted to do or not, and it came down to what I regret not transferring, and the answer was yes. So I came down to Southern Miss by getting a tour of the facility. Um, Coach Mack did a great job of showing me, you know, when she was here. Um, took me on a tour of the whole school on FaceTime, fell in love with the school, looked at the nursing aspect, loved it, and wound up, found myself here. So FaceTime, so I'm guessing this was a COVID kind of deal. Yes, it was right during COVID and 2021. Okay, so, and you, you, you got to be pretty smart because you want to go into the medical field. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. Yes, I was going to do nursing, decided that wasn't exactly what I wanted to do. I've always wanted to be in charge. I like the head role in the operating room. I've gotten to go experience it with my dad. And so I've just found myself to wanting to be a surgeon. And, I mean, it's been like that since I was a little girl. What are the expectations of this team? I mean, I know last year um, Coach Hazelwood said that you guys were going to be a lot better than people thought you were, and that was based on the, the, the team the year before. Mm-hmm. But now that bar has been set pretty high. What about this year's squad? Oh, I expect this year's team to win our conference for sure. Really? Yes. Because, I mean, there's some teams in there that are up there every year. Yes, but... I mean, the grind that this team has and the morale that we play together and we're fighting until the end is a lot different than it was last year. It's still the same last year, but I've seen a lot of good things in this team this year. And finally, from an individual standpoint, what are you working on in your individual game? My game, I'm honestly just trying to have fun. It's my last year. I'm trying to let go of all my mistakes and have fun, enjoy senior year, and enjoy playing with people that I'm not going to get to the rest of my life. Final question. Before you move to Mississippi, before any of us move to Mississippi, we have conceptions of what we think Mississippi is. Mm-hmm. So how has what Mississippi really is compared to what you thought it would be? And what will you tell people about Mississippi once you leave here? Honestly, I had no preconceptions of Mississippi. I didn't even think about it as a state, <laughs> honestly. Well, one of the weather people called us a landmass at one time during a hurricane. Right. It's just not a state that I normally think of on a day-to-day basis. Also, being from Texas, like... You can experience any type of environment you want in Texas, so there's really no reason to leave. Um, but I have grown to love it. It's a lot greener than where I'm from. Amarillo is a lot of dust, <laughs> dirt, and, like, just yellow grass. Yeah, you're up there uh, near the Dust Bowl of Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 60 mile per winds is a normal day. Here there's no wind, sunny all the time. It's green. Winter is not winter. Um, I've just grown to love it, and I definitely will tell people to take a chance on Mississippi for sure. Well, we're glad that you did, and we wish you nothing but the best this year. Thank you, yes. All right, everybody, that's uh, Reagan Linen. Well, the kids are delightful on the volleyball team, Arthur Kelly. Doesn't it make you proud as a Southern Miss fan when you can sit here? Because a lot of times... I think football kind of gets the biggest brunt of the misconceptions. Everybody thinks, oh, all the, all the college jocks are just stupid jocks. They're not really there to, to get a degree, but they're just there to, to play their sport. But when you get to hear that these kids have got brains, and mm-hmm. when, you, when you learn how they have to juggle their time, they don't have any free time, none of these athletes. Right. You right. know, between their practice schedules, their game schedules, and remember – just because they're on the road doesn't mean that they get any passes as no, far as their academics no. are concerned. Going to be a surgeon. You know, I was going to be a surgeon, Kelly, and then when I made that 52 in the beginning biology class, I thought, eh, maybe not. Well, Bob, I, I knew that you wanted to be a surgeon, and I know in high school a lot of the young ladies liked the way you operated. So 
Maybe maybe that's where it came I'm from. Look over my shoulder to see who it is you're talking to <laughs> yeah. in the studio. I don't really don't really think with the bright new blue wall. How about that, Kelly? Yeah, that? we're gonna new have... logos all coming soon. Soon we understand that you will be able to watch the Eagle Hour live video on Facebook and other social media platforms, and that's the reason for the. Re- remodeling that is taking place here in our studio. Well, that that might be good news for you and others. Horrible news for me, <laughs> because my Megadeth T-shirt and uh, my uh, boxer shorts will have to be put uh, away. What was that you wore? The the pink outfit down at the Ramey Motors. Salmon. We're not going to allow that on. TV it was account. salmon. It wasn't it was pink. Salmon. Yeah. Postscript to volleyball. They will open the. Uh, they also uh, open conference play this weekend, Bob. They will open down at South Al, Texas State. Of one, course, uh, yeah, of course. Seems that it's state law that we open against South Al and everything. Correct. Texas State, uh, one of the teams that's uh, favored to to win in volleyball this year. They're, they're always. Uh, they always seem to be the team to beat. Yeah. So we'll, we wish the uh, Lady Eagle volleyball team the best as they begin their conference quest for a title this uh, week. We'll talk a little more about it in the last segment, about 30 seconds left here. But uh, I thought another really solid performance last night by the Saints. I think Derek Carr is going to be a nice fit. Got a nice long ball. Saints look really good defensively. And remember, they're doing this without Alvin Kamara. Correct. Right? Their best running back. Got Correct. a couple of games still out. It, the only thing that I'm sold on for sure is this defense. Right. You know, um, Williams got hurt last night, you know, one of the running backs. It seems like all the running backs are going down. Of course, uh, Chubb, Nick Chubb, the great running back for that Cleveland. Was a terrible, that was a terrible blow last night. Yeah, for them, and, and he's out for the season now. Yeah. So, um, anyway. Kamara's out, but Deshaun Watson's is playing. It just seems a little odd, doesn't it? And we've we've joked about how the NFC South, of which the Saints are a member, we're going to be a weak division this year. New Orleans two and zero, Atlanta two and zero, Tampa Bay two and zero. Baker Mayfield with your boy Baker, Baker Mayfield. That's yeah. right. We'll be back. Wrap up this edition of the Super Talk Eagle Hour next. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. I want to thank our friends down at 4th Street Bar and Grill for their sponsorship of our shows. We tell you every day because it's true, great place to have lunch. If you're looking for a good plate lunch, uh, that's the spot. Want to catch the game? It'll be on Saturday night at 6, I believe. I guarantee it'll be on every TV in the building. Get yourself a big shrimp, poor boy, a cold Paps Blue Ribbon, and uh, kick back and watch the Golden Eagles at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Also, Want to say hello to D1 and D-Bat, state-of-the-art training facility on Hardy Street. Great place for kids. That's D-Bat. They have state-of-the-art, really, baseball, softball training. Training for every sport, every age over at D1. They're located on Hardy Street, D1, D-Bat. And 
I want to thank Mo Bay Beignet for having us down last week. Man, like that blackberry topping on the beignets was very, very good. And the pumpkin spice is going to stick around. Yeah, for you and Luke really liked that, did you? The pumpkin spice. And Luke didn't at first, but it kind of grew on him. Yeah. You know? So, and of course, it's October, man. You got to have pumpkin spice for Halloween. All right. Oh, so. well, it's almost October, I should say. Mo Bay Beignet Company on Hardy Street, the official beignet store of the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Kelly interviewed uh, MJ Daniels. He's a kid that transferred here from Ole Miss playing the defensive backfield for the Golden Eagles. We're going to have that interview tomorrow. Really, you said delightful interview, and, and he's a hunter. Yeah. Yeah, which which you don't you don't think of uh of football players necessarily as being uh, being outdoor kind of guys. What did you say about I, I come after during the season and then there Yeah, the- yeah, he's <laughs> we were kind of wrapping up the interviews. You know, well, it, it, it's just so interesting because is is there a more intense sport than football, really, no, when no. you think about it? I mean, with full velocity, you know, knocking heads the way they knock heads. And then there's there's just something about the serenity and peace of a deer hunt, right. you know, when nothing's right. going on. Right. So you got complete ends of the spectrum that this kid just loves. And um, so we kind of, as we were wrapping up the interview, he said, yep. He said, during football season, I'm hunting down running backs and receivers. But he said, once the season's over, white-tailed deer. Look out. I'm coming. <laughs> so we'll, we'll have that on the show tomorrow. Also, the play-by-play voice of Arkansas State, the next opponent. Yeah, Matt Stoltz got to talk to him a little bit this morning. And um, and he said you know, he was comparing the fan base in Arkansas State very similar to – They have one. You know, well, they do. Okay. And uh, and he was comparing, you know, their, their feelings very much to some of the Southern Miss fan base, that they're a little bit nervous, but comparing – you know the the mirror images of of both teams have played pretty tough schedules um, going forward, but Arkansas State has the advantage of having this one at home, and uh, this is going to be this is going to be a real important game for both teams as it sets the tones for the rest of the season. And in the latest Massey ratings, Bob, which we've talked about the Massey ratings on this program before, the Massey ratings in the entire Sun Belt Conference has, right now, as of today, has Southern Miss and Arkansas State rated as the bottom two teams. Oh, really? In the entire conference. Now, the, some of those other teams are just slightly above uh, Southern Miss, but but Southern Miss and Arkansas State they've got rated as the as the bottom two teams right now. Uh, Southern Miss and Arkansas State. So that's a uh, six o'clock kickoff up up in uh, Jonesboro Saturday night. All right, we uh, mentioned the Saints uh, real solid last night defensively. They look good. I, I still believe the, that Derek Carr is going to be a really productive quarterback for them playing without Kamara. And uh, but you know, really, uh, Carolina looked pretty decent uh, defensively, particularly. Yeah, but I just don't know. I know that they they were criticized for taking the Alabama quarterback. He didn't look all that great. Well, he's he just not look really small. Do yeah, you? he looks small, and and the, his hands are. You know, I always wondered why do they always make such a big deal out of a, the size of a quarterback's hands, and it's because of that that grip. Oh, and you sure. saw last night, the yeah. Saints had a fumble taken away from them For because sure. of because of a defensive uh, Kelly makes a great point and I tell you what the next time you watch a game called by Troy Aikman and they show him in the booth take a look at Troy Aikman's hands they look like baskets hanging at the end of his arms big big hands and of course he was a great hall of famer I thought the kid from Alabama and I don't know why I never observed him being really small when I would watch him play a few games at Alabama, but he looked tiny out there, Kelly. Well, I mean, when you're comparing him to these guys in the NFL, you want to know, 
he looks fragile to me. Bigger, man. faster, stronger by a large margin. Mm-hmm. You know, in the NFL, the Carolina Panthers are going to have to coach him when he's in a running situation to protect the football better. And I'm not talking by have using one of his little hands. All mm-hmm. right, he's going to have to protect the ball better. They if, get down if they're going to have any any success or, or at all. He's going to get broken all up. He's not going to last long if he doesn't avoid those big guys. Well, yeah, that. look at Josh Allen with Buffalo, who's a lot bigger than he is, and he's, he's got to get, get down. Right. Right. He's uh, got to get down, Kelly. He really sacrifices his body too much, I think. And I was trying to remember who the Saints are playing next. Um, not sure. Yeah, I, I'm not sure either. But the uh, d- Kelly, double... I, I don't remember what I did yesterday. I'm so old I couldn't make it through the second game last night. I made it till about five or six minutes left in the game, and I had to see who won this morning. No, but in fairness, you stayed up late Saturday watching the Colorado Colorado State game. I did. So and you... I'll tell you what I'm going to be doing 2 o'clock Saturday. <laughs> I'm going to be watching Colorado and Oregon. Does that not sound pretty exciting right there? I think a lot of I think a lot of people in this country are now turned on by what's going on at, at, at Colorado. Really fascinating. You know, so. Um, All right, good show tomorrow. MJ Daniels, play-by-play voice as well from Arkansas State. So we'll take a look ahead, and then uh, we'll have what we think you're going to really enjoy. It's a great interview with uh, one, another one of the great kids on the football team. That's tomorrow at 1. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.